And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right, thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for being out there today on this beautiful Sunday. I'm glad you're here with us. This is The Bible Live, and for the next 90 minutes... We're going to be discussing and talking all about all things biblical. And as you know, we make our way through the entire Bible every year. It's called The Bible Live. And our phone number, by the way, is 210-340-9585. We invite you, welcome your calls, your participation in the program. We read through the Bible every year, from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible. And hopefully you've been able to find us and get in, hear those readings, 15 to 20 minute reading each weekday, and the entire Bible every year. All you need to do is go to thebiblelive.com the word the bible live like saturday night live is the idea or my wife came up with that name for the program over 20 years ago thebiblelive.com and you can go there and find all of our uh, reading programs on the podcast just go to our podcast click on it and you'll find starting with genesis 1:1 back in november uh, you'll find all the readings up through this week, this past week, we read the book, uh, finished the book of Galatians and read the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First uh, and Second Thessalonians, and uh, got into b- the book of First Timothy. So we have a lot to cover this evening uh, as we discuss those readings from this last week. But you can go and find those at any, any week you want, any time at your convenience. And make your way through the Bible with us and with those many, many, we don't know how many exactly, our, our 
website has just been up and active and, and very uh, updated and everything over the last uh, oh, the last month or so. So more and more and more people are coming along and joining with us. You can listen yourself and go through the the Bible if you've. If you're one of those hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands in the, of believers or Christians or, or people who are interested in the Bible who have said, you know, I really want to read the Bible. I've always wanted to read through the whole Bible, and you've just not been able to find a way to make yourself do it or the discipline or the time or whatever. You can. We'd love to go through it with you. Just go to thebiblelive.com. Every day on your smartphone or your uh, computer, you can click on The Bible Live. You can hear the day's reading Monday through Friday. And uh, through the year, as you do that, every uh, year we will read through the entire Bible. Then on Sunday, Sunday evenings here, we get a chance to take some time out and go back over those readings from the last week and ask key questions, clarify, discuss it a little further. Uh, Of course, any theme, it doesn't necessarily be limited to those passages. If you'd like to talk about anything about the Bible, about God, the God of the Bible, about the redemptive plan of God, what it means to know God, walk with God, experience God in the times in which we're living, maybe you'd like to talk about how the Bible applies to these times, the 21st century in the era of the coronavirus and and, uh, representative republics and elections and so Maybe you'd like to talk about how the Bible applies to us and some of the blessings or some of the instructions or even a question or so about it for the times in which we live. We'd love to have you be a part of our journey. 210-340-9585. And we, as I mentioned, are looking at the last chapters, the last two chapters of the book of Galatians. Uh, last week we we discussed uh, to some extent the book of Galatians. We won't spend a lot of time on that book tonight, but we went on into Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, and the book of First Timothy. So we'll we'll uh, go into those during this next ninety minutes, and hopefully you can enjoy them with us. And I say with us because I have a partner in the uh, co-pilot seat over here with me today is uh, my daughter. Her name is Stacy. Stacy Dollar is along with me. She has a lot of experience. It's been a little bit mm, bifurcated. Is that a good word? Uh, it's been cut up in pieces along through the years, but uh, she's was she used to do what you do, John. Oh, okay. Um, board operator here at KSLR for... A number of years. What's wrong, honey? Am I on? Uh, no, you're not on yet. You are on <laughs> there now. <laughs> I am. I remember my very first. Oh, people have asked me, "What are your favorite memories, or what was your first favorite job, or when have you ever been?" And uh, and I always say my overnight board up job back in when I was maybe nineteen. Were you I in high f- school? I was in. My, it was oh. a freshman at Trinity. Uh-huh. And I loved, uh, yeah, the overnight board. I mean, my very first night, I was doing a transition from one program to the next, and I forgot what was coming up next. And so I, you know, I am Stacy Dollar. You're listening to KSLR, and coming up next is. I'm so sorry because <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> I'm remember. So sorry. I forgot what's and, coming up. And uh, yes, anyways, it is really good to be here. Thank you, you Dad, good, for having good, me honey. join I'm glad you. Along, we're going to get a little bit of a a, a young perspective. We're going to get a uh, a perspective from the uh, from a person of the female persuasion. <laughs> We're going to get some insight there uh, uh, of a younger generation, and I and uh, Stacy knows and loves the scriptures, and and I'm excited about her participation with us uh, this evening. So, with all freedom, honey, just weigh in, and and you know, just if yeah. your old daddy won't shut up, just. <laughs> 
slap them upside the head and with respect. Of course. <laughs> right. Oh yes. <laughs> and, uh, that's okay, Ephesians here we says. go. Well, then our phone number again is 210-340-9585. And let's talk a little bit about the book of Galatians. We covered a, a great deal of it last week. I did want to emphasize that um, uh, Galatia, as you remember, folks, was a Roman province. It was not a city. Most of the letters that Paul wrote, he wrote to the believers in the city of Ephesus, for example, the city of Philippi, uh, the, the city of Colossae. Now, uh, interestingly, Paul never was in the city of Colossae. A letter to the, uh, the Colossians was written. And most of these letters, these early letters, were written from uh, Rome, where Paul was imprisoned. So it's a very interesting uh, perspective we get from that as well. But in, um, in the book of Galatians, uh, Paul, it's, he's writing to not a city, but a region. And this letter was to be passed around and read to the different congregations in Galatia, which is the modern nation of Turkey uh, today. It's where uh, well, uh, contained Galatia of the New Testament era, the New Testament times. And the, he, a principal theme of Galatians is that he's warning the Galatians against the idea that uh, those who follow Jesus Christ, Gentiles or, or uh, Gentiles or Jews, had to convert to Judaism to be saved and had to uh, be involved with the Jewish rituals, the Jewish laws and festivals and so on. And he very clearly um, argued against that and said this biblically clearly that it, that is not the that is not the right perspective. And he cites in, in the heart of the the book is Galatians chapter 3 in this respect and he says that uh, the people who receive the Holy Spirit which is the mark of the believers of this new era uh, after the, the ascension of Jesus, the Messiah uh, what marked the believers the both Jew and Gentile believers was the fact that they received the Holy Spirit by faith and the Spirit in, in this early era gave distinct um, evidence of his presence in the believers' lives, both Jews and Gentiles. And so they received the Holy Spirit by faith, not by, uh, not, as, uh, uh, not as a result of keeping the law in Galatians chapter 3. And also that he cites that Abraham was justified by faith uh, and became right with God, was made right with God by faith. And that was Abraham lived before the law was even given. So that was another aspect. And then he cites in chapter 3 that uh, with all of that, though, he would say also, remember that there's a curse on all who fail to obey all of the lives, all of the laws of God perfectly. It wasn't just, oh, he keep most of the laws most of the time, uh, that the law uh, was, was one, well, the law was the law. And that if you even failed to obey the law perfectly in one respect, you were guilty of the whole law. And the condemnation, the consequence of, of not keeping the law fell upon you, uh, God's judgment and condemnation. And all three of those major points is what Paul cites to let us know that, that, uh, that it's not through the keeping of the law that we are saved, but it's by faith and trust in Jesus, the only solution, the provision that God has given for those uh, who have fallen under the condemnation of the law, which for all have sinned and all uh, falls short of God's perfect plan and perfect character. 
So um, the law was never intended to bring salvation. It was only intended to show us our sin and lead us to the Savior. That is the theme, the primary theme of the book of Galatians. And uh, I don't know if there's something else we should cover in that respect. Uh, Stacy. I don't know if, if you know you, you know the book of Galatians uh, in, in your studies and all. Uh, one of the characteristics of the book is that beautiful passage in chapter 5 mm-hmm. about the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. The fruit of the Spirit and the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, self-control, all of these uh, that Paul goes through, which is a beautiful passage as well. I don't know if you might have anything that comes to your mind from the book of well, Galatians. Well, I, I, I guess it, it just peaks and I, I wish I knew more, but in terms of by faith alone, um, of course that rings um, the the Reformation and Martin Luther right. and um, his influence, I'm sure, drew largely on Paul's writings and in particular on Galatians. But um, and uh, uh, yeah, I guess as, as far as so receipt of you know, receiving the Holy Spirit, a mark of salvation, and then the mark of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. I, I it is drawn together so beautifully, of course, mm-hmm. as Paul does. But um, you know, those are just the things that stand out most um you reminded me of something when you said that uh what was it i was going to say that um the the mark of the christian being uh the holy the spirit, holy spirit and, and, and and love what well, love is the primary uh characteristic uh even from first corinthians 13 which mm-hmm. we read the week before uh i'm trying to think of something you reminded me of right there it'll come back to me i suppose <laughs> but um all right. Well, Paul uh, cites that in the Galatians. Now, uh, let's move on then to Ephesians, if we mm-hmm. want. And uh, this is a city where Paul did visit. I was recalling earlier today we were talking about this, that uh, if I remember correctly, his experience in Ephesus was not particularly uh, – it was good in the sense of uh, Paul went there. He had great ministry. He had great – uh, a fruitfulness of ministry in their lives, but also his experience, if I remember correctly, in Ephesians, is that there was a riot. Uh, if I'm, am I thinking of the right city? Uh, he had uh, in, when he in the book of Acts, we read that there. Uh, it seemed like there was a the temple. Was it a temple to Diana? I believe was there, and they got upset at him because uh, his teaching of the gospel was interfering with their livelihood. They were making a lot of money making and selling um, idols mm-hmm. to Diana, and so he was interrupting their 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 um, their business, uh, business uh, there, and so it became a big issue. If I remember correctly, that was Ephesus. I'll try to find um, where that happened. Uh, Acts chapter 20. Yeah, he spent three years in Ephesus. Uh, Acts chapters nineteen. He dearly loved the church there, um, but he had a, you know it was a it was a tough place for him in in some ways. But it but, is interesting. I mean, in, in Ephesus, so he was writing, but as a I mean, that was those were his people. This was his community. These were it wasn't a foreign as a whereas in Galatians, he never mm-hmm. actually. He wasn't there. He Mm -hmm. was writing and sending it to them. Uh Whereas in Ephesians, that does seem a different, I mean, there's a different perspective, I'm sure. And uh, I mean, these are his personal, these are Mm -hmm. his friends. These are his, 
um, employers. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Did he work? Paul was a tent maker, right? Yes, that was in Corinth. Okay. He did so, but he meant, he cites that I think in his letter to the Ephesians and saying that you know how much I worked right alongside you, even though I had a right to expect uh, support from you, but you know how wor- hard I worked among you mm-hmm. and, and at your side, and uh, I think that's it's cited here in the book of Ephesians as well. Yeah. He did the same thing in Corinth, though he was a tent maker mm-hmm. that uh, is with one of, Aquila and mm-hmm. Priscilla. That is a refreshing one. One of the uh, parts about Paul's life that is kind of a refreshing perspective, and I think it comes through in all of his writings is that you do you do feel as if he understood what it is to be a worker <laughs> in a mm-hmm. way. I mean, he does write so much, and we talked about this, and maybe we'll talk more about it in depth, but that employer-employee relationship, and talks about the law, and talks about, I mean, you, you get the sense that he really does understand the way in which one's work can become a a a master and can enslave you and mm-hmm. uh the dyna- you know the nuances of that and uh it, it it's it's very relatable and refre- refreshing i think especially in our you know in our era one very important aspect of the book of ephesians uh it's a distinctive actually it, it, it's the book it's not Unique to the book of Ephesians, to this letter, Paul speaks of spiritual gifts and of the body of Christ as mm-hmm. uh, in, in the book to the Corinthians and so on. But in Ephesians here, he very definitely in chapter 4 talks about the unity of the body of Christ. He talks about the gifts of the Spirit, um, that, that God has given gifts to his people, but the Holy Spirit is the gift giver, mm-hmm. and he talks about the spiritual gifts that are given to the to the body. He, uh, every member of the body of Christ, every believer, from the, the a day old Christian believer, a child, eight, ten, twelve years old, there is. We understand that there is a giftedness that the Spirit of God works in and through with their character, with their personality, with their temperament, with their skills, and and. But it's not just a human. Strength, you know, it's not just an aptitude that you have. Mm-hmm. It's a supernatural gifting that the Holy Spirit gives to every member of the body, mm-hmm. and in some way, or even John over here, okay. even even oh John, he has. There's some way, John, in which your life, as you interact in, in, with other believers, members of your family, neighborhood, your congregation that you worship, there's some way that you affect other believers there's some and with me as we've our friendship has grown the idea of a spiritual gift is that and you may not you may have more than one it's not just one per individual and i don't believe it's static i don't believe it's just one thing and it's that for the rest of your life but sometimes a different situation will require a different giftedness uh, a different skill and talent and you that god will use you in a different way among a particular group because of that situation. But the idea is that's a supernatural gifting. It's not just a natural gift or a natural talent. It's a way supernaturally that God uses you to bless and build and strengthen me as a as a brother in Christ. And, and that's mm-hmm. the idea of spiritual gifts. Where, where is what Can you refresh and list what the spiritual gifts are? Yes, chapter are? 4. Okay. Now, this is, a, 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 this, this is also a little bit... Um, 
uh, not controversial, but there's some different views on this. Uh, uh, I don't. I think it was maybe during the only in the late, later years, maybe in the, in the year the 70s and the 80s. I was overseas in the 70s, so I began to experience it more or less in the 80s, maybe in the 90s. This there was, began to be an emphasis in the American church in society on the gifts of the spirit and the people began to enumerate them and the thing about it is some people would say here's the list there's there's only 13 right. of them there's only seven <laughs> right. of them there's only uh i'm not sure it, it it is an exhaustive listing but it says um notice it let me see if i can find it uh the gifts of the spirit come on Sophie. where are they uh, I thought it was chapter 4. Now, there's two different things. One is the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the body of Christ, that each believer has a, a gift, that the way we contribute to the to the body, to the building up and the strengthening of the body. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And the other thing is the gifts, gifted people that God, that Christ has given to the body of Christ. To the church, mm-hmm. and that is very clearly in Ephesians chapter four. Uh, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. That's not the gifts of the Holy Spirit to the body, but Christ gave these: the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and pastors, teachers. Uh, these are men, gifted men, called men of God, who, whom to. Mm, to the body of Christ, that Christ calls them for His service, mm-hmm. and they are servants uh, to the body of Christ. And he, their responsibility is to equip God's people, according to Ephesians 4.12, equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So that's, that's gifted people uh, that God gives to the church. The spiritual gifts... Uh, those are like mm-hmm. faith, uh, service. Do you find them there, Stacy? I'm looking for them. Is um, uh, yes. So, well, ap- apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. No, that's the Ephesians that four. The, that's what I'm talking about. I'm okay, looking for the gift of uh, of those are the gifted people right. that God Christ has given to the church. Now I'm looking for the spiritual gifts. I like the now, quote. I think Romans twelve has yeah. a listing. We don't just have God's gifts. We are God's gifts to his mm-hmm. church. Isn't that the idea? Yeah. Exactly. Romans, let me see if Romans 12 cross-references to it. Um, okay. But these are the gifts of faith, of... Um, Teacher. Giving. Evangelist. Of mercy, service. Mm-hmm. Of, wisdom. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find those somewhere. It may be a little cross-reference to them, mm-hmm. the spiritual gifts. Um Oh, well, we'll find them along the way. Maybe yeah. one of our listeners can give us a call. What would you think is a distinction between, I mean, for me and I mean, for so many, of course, our temptation is to find our identity often in our abilities and our talents and mm. our gifts. Um, what would you say, what is a mark of operating, functioning in the spirit and using your gifts um, in a in the healthy proper I mean in the in the right way very, what would you say is the, the mark question. of 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 doing that or, or and then of, or maybe the opposite the mark of 
not doing that? Uh, I guess I probably have an answer, but just that's a very, very thoughts. good question, and it's one that Paul speaks of, mm-hmm. particularly to the Ephesians, because if there is a if there is a central theme or primary theme to the book of Ephesians, it is to our new identity as human beings, mm-hmm. as individuals. We have a new identity in Christ. We no longer draw draw our significance and our importance and our meaning and for life and so on through our vocation or through our human um, role, through our status, through our uh, gifts, our, yeah, <laughs> our talents, our gifts. We are no longer to draw our identity from our work and skills and and our status in society. Mm-hmm. We draw our significance from. Their spirit, our spiritual identity from who we are in Christ. Right. And that's one of the great significant aspects of the book of Ephesians is that Paul points out very clearly uh, that uh, about our new identity. He begins with a prayer for the church, for the believers in Ephesus. He prays for them. And, and then throughout the book, he talks to them about their new identity. Chapter 1, verse 13. Chapter 1, verse 4. Uh, verses 5 and 6. Verse 7. It, he says there's a new identity that they have because of their faith and trust in Jesus the Messiah. They, they are new people. And he's trying to get them to realize their new identity. And we are to function and live according to our new identity in Christ instead of in our our accomplishments our status our wealth our even our talents and gifts uh, we they are they are secondary to the giver the new identity we have in Christ right yeah secondary to what the giver <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly right um we'll we'll, we'll get to that we're, we're about to hit our first uh our first um break here there it is right there and so we are into the book. We've covered Galatians. We've, uh, we're into the book of Ephesians. We'll touch on Philippians, the book of joy. We'll go into Colossians and give you the principal theme of this book that Paul wrote to the Galatians. By the way, uh, I didn't mention it, but Galatians is considered like the book of Romans. It's a very theological, very complete theological book, but it's not as complete and thorough as the book of Romans. Some people call it... Uh, the book of Romans light or diet, <laughs> diet Romans, you might call it, but the book of Galatians. Well, we'll come back in just a moment. Stacy and I will be here waiting for your phone call, 210-340-9585. Love to hear from you. And uh, we'll come back and discuss further the book of Ephesians and go on to Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, and Timothy during this evening's broadcast. Don't go away. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. I will worship. I will worship. 
with all of my heart. And I will praise you with all of my strength. And I will seek you. is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. The Bible Live, uh, Soapy here with you, my daughter Stacy, my sister in Christ, and uh, my good friend after so many mm-hmm. years, right? Yes. <laughs> Just think, I've known you ever since, uh, every moment of your existence. Isn't that <laughs> well, something? Yeah. <laughs> I've often been intrigued by that as, as an orphan myself. <clears throat> I don't have, uh, that I know of, you know, I don't know, I've never known father or mother. And so I've often been very intrigued by what it's like to have two people who have known you every second of your existence, every moment of your life from the infancy and so on. And um, I've never known that experience and not having parents like that. And yet I get to know it from this side of the equation a little bit. So um, Mm -hmm. that's the reason I mention that, folks, that um, it's it's kind of a unique relationship, I would say, somehow or other, you know. (laughs) Uh, Let's go. We're back to Galatians, Ephesians. Again, Stacey, I want to make sure our listeners feel the freedom, and uh, we'd love to have you give us a call. Uh, We're talking about the books of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the, the Pauline epistles. Uh, and I know many of you know and love the Scriptures, God's Word, and you know and love many of these themes that we're talking about. Uh, and, and they are relative. They are definitely relevant to the days in which we are living, because particularly I would say this, that both Galatians and Ephesians, for example, uh, talk about, the, uses the the S word, you know, slaves and servants and slavery. I mean, that there couldn't be a theme that's more... Mm-hmm. That evokes an emotional response for us as in the sure. 21st century in America, and it's a theme that you know people are out in the streets about these days and rioting and and all this about this idea of race, racism and slavery and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bible confronts it right on. This is a this is definitely uh, one of the great mm, sins of humanity outside of. Uh, outside of the knowledge of God, uh, we talked about this last week, that racism is only wrong and only provably, demonstrably immoral and wrong from a biblical worldview. If we just crawled up out of the slime and we're products of an ev- uh, impersonal evolutionary evolutionary process, then there's no really binding morality of any kind, much less uh, slavery, but clearly, from a biblical worldview, racism and slavery were were clearly on the outs. They were not to be. Uh, and we can look in the book of uh, Exodus twenty-one and other passages that, that it was definitely prohibited. Uh, it was clearly practiced all around Israel, all around the people of God. But we'll get into that more and more uh, during. I think we're going to pitch that to next week. 
to where we cover it. Let's talk more in depth on that one next week. Yes, in the book of Philemon, it is is a theme of that Mm -hmm. book. Paul Mm -hmm. writes back to a businessman and tells him to receive... um, Philemon. Yeah, Philemon, uh, who was a slave. I think it's just uh, so beautiful. That Paul sends back to him. And at the very... I I think it's so important, too, because at the very heart of it... I mean, I think we know culturally, instinctively, that slavery... You know, we are all slaves in a in a sense and so the what's what's um showing up in kind of the outward expression is something that i think we all inwardly also feel so intensely and so it it's it couldn't be more gospel than the idea of of freedom Freedom and going going from a transactional Mm -hmm. relationship it's good stace to a, a familial relationship and Maybe that's why, in some ways, it evokes a sort of a visceral reaction response because there is that internal sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we too are slaves and victims to, and we're not meant to to be. No, we are meant to live free Mm, as free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you can. I'll pay you full salary just for that comment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Galatians, Ephesians. Now, I said the principal theme was our new identity in Christ. uh, and one of our questions that we have written down, name one of the truths revealed in Ephesians about our new identity in Christ. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling uh, discouraged or despondent in any way, mm-hmm. uh, it is often good to review what the Bible says to us. And the book of Ephesians opens up with a prayer. Paul prays for the people, the believers in in Ephesus, and in that prayer, he mentions a number of things that are true of us. And so maybe I should ask some of our listeners, if you'd like to call in, what are some of the... Um, what are some of the truths about us as God's children as a result of our faith in Jesus Christ? What are some things that are true of us now that we are in Christ? Mm-hmm. What is an, an, some of these aspects of our new identity in Christ? If you'd like to call in and remind us of one or two or three of these, we'd love to have your call, 210-340-9585. I think I'm going to go ahead and take a call right now. Harold is on the phone line with me tonight. Harold, good to talk with you. Good to hear from you. Hi, Harold. Hi. Hi. Um, I forgot your name. Already. <laughs> I, I'm Soapy, and this is Stacy, my daughter. <laughs> Stacey, <laughs> it's easy to Stacey, forget Stacey, when the dad's right. Soapy. Yes. That's okay. Hi. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, you reminded me of my my uh, my son and I, you know, because I'll say, I'll start to say something, and then I'll ask him, so what was I going to say? I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> right. And so that, you yeah. know, so... And and also having you there, it just makes me feel you know more calm. If Soby Dollar ever retires or he needs to skip a day for something, you'll always be there. That's what it feels Aww, like to me. Harold, that's nice. <laughs> that's wishful thinking on Harold's part. <laughs> <laughs> that is no, so Harold, sweet. Thank you. I, I I couldn't agree more. She's a doll. She's always been an encouragement to me. And I, I think she could. Stacy knows the word. She loves God's word. And uh, love discussing it with folks. So you, know, you may have something there. I don't know. What, mm-hmm. What's going on in, in Harold's stuff. world these days? That's for sure. Well, I, I will get to Ephesians, but my sister Betty called me up today with a Bible question. She got confused with John the Baptist. Is he, is he really Elijah or is he John the Baptist? And she stopped looking in the references, I guess, and I just happened to remember 
that, you know, I said, Betty, if you go to John chapter 1, verse 21, uh-huh. where he's asked, and it says, I am, I am not. You know, he said, are you Elijah? No, I'm not. Yeah. So that, that got us on to the church and not being able to go to church. And um, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, honestly, I was just looking at this right now, but it's appropriate with uh, what we talked about. It says, however, he has given each one of us special gift, a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And she was talking about what she missed about church uh-huh. and, you know, and going to church and everything. And I told her, I said, Betty, you know what I, I miss about church, honestly? I said, I literally miss walking across the front yard with my Bible, getting in my truck. Mm-hmm. I miss that drive over there listening to a Christian radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss, you know, I miss the Bible on the dash when I go. Of course, I have one in my front seat anyway. Uh-huh. But, uh, but you know, those, those little things, walking into the Bible study room, and mm-hmm. also sometimes on the way home we would stop at Bud Jones. I have a friend of mine, we'd go to Bud Jones, I don't know if you heard of that, all the fish you can eat and stuff. And, uh, Ooh, I've seen them, and, yeah. Yeah, well, so, but they're in some, in some uh, hard times now because of all this, you know, corona stuff and, yeah. you know, it's just getting scary for them and stuff like that. That's but, true. Uh, and so anyway, that's all I wanted to say. But I do think your daughter's doing fantastic, and uh, I think it's really good. And uh, mm-hmm. I got so much to say, honestly, but I want you to get back to the show. But, you know, missing the little things about going to church. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, someone would say, well, you miss the people, you miss that. Of course you do. You know, but and there's something very strange happening. You know, a few years ago, I would mention to people at work, because they had a Bible study there, I talked about it. And I would say, do you all ever listen to the Bible live on the radio? And the young people would say, oh, Oh, uh, we don't listen to anything on the radio. You know, that type of person, you know, that doesn't want to turn on a radio because it came from a radio. That's old 70s, 80s <laughs> yeah, right. thoughts and fears, right? You're now, exactly right. Stacy reminds so now, me of that all the time. You know, that the so world is, the world is a changing. Yeah, well, you've always been this way. You haven't changed. You right. have always, you're already established. I'm not saying you're like drive-through people that always have the drive-through food or established. You're established, and now what are these people going to do that put down or didn't understand or was afraid to turn the knob on? Mm-hmm. You know, because it came from a radio show, mm-hmm. and so now they have no choice. You know, everybody's on Zoom, this and that, and it's interesting. I'm just excited tonight. I guess you know, I am excited. Aww, it is interesting. Yeah, that's so neat. And and boy, I relate as far as missing you know just the church and the community and people and i did one thing that i i guess in terms of encouragement one this phone call and right now as believers and gathered not necessarily in person but by means of radio and technology we do get to still be the church to each other and just your phone call this is such an encouragement to me who is a member of the church body and so it's a different you know way of churching but um even just this right now 
I think God is honored and mm-hmm. that he is here and he's with you where you are and he's here in this station where we are. And this is, we are the church. This is the church happening. And so one, that, and thank you. And then um, two, I just, even in the middle of this, I, you know, it's, it's, it is so like every story, all of the epic stories when it looks like evil and disconnect and separation and isolation is going chaos. to ch- and chaos is going to triumph. God comes in and and the gospel never is more exciting and shines brighter than in that moment when he redeems it. And he will. He 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 will. We don't know what it's going to look like and certainly does feel press down. I mean, there, I think uh, for me, there's just been a pressing, I mean, it's just, you can feel, feels like we're being pressed mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, but I'm so excited to see what, what oil, what light, what does come through this, um, time period. And, you know, if not in, in this experience, certainly in heaven, I mean, uh, and oh, yeah, ultimately, that's ultimately, our- mm-hmm. And uh, the, the you know what is occurring here and these types of phone calls and these kind of conversations this is yeah. that stuff that's eternal. <laughs> so it's interesting. Maybe we could put that out there as well, Stacey, from from what Harold shared. And by the way, Harold, thank you so much for calling in. Yeah. It's an encouragement to us. You can do the same, folks. We'd love to have your call. 210-340-9585. Maybe you have a question or a comment about uh, the books of Galatians, Ephesians, or comments about the Scriptures, or another passage or, or an aspect of the Scriptures that you'd like to talk about. Uh, really, it's free game and free uh, free territory to, about anything that's on your heart. These are the passages we focus on here because these are what we read in our reading schedule this past week. But I do want to remind you um, what Harold was just talking about, the, the idea of radio we talk about it all the time you know is is radio on its way out and this and that and is you know the internet and and um with your websites and your podcasts and so on uh and we have i do want to remind you that we do have all of that we keep a presence here on the airwaves as well here on sunday evenings but you can go to our website and hear our podcast uh at thebiblelive.com TheBibleLive.com, like Saturday Night Live. And you can go and you can hear all of our podcasts, not only the Bible readings, the book of Genesis up to where we are now in the New Testament, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and so on, but you can find uh, the podcast for this program itself, all of the Bible Live uh, review programs. When we talk about these passages on Sunday nights, you can find that as well on uh, am630theword.com. AM as in um, AM and the PM, right? AM 630 or what does AM mean, John? I've forgotten something about frequency, right? What does AM mean? As opposed to FM? As opposed to FM. As opposed to FM. Oh, Oh, come on. Never have I put you on the spot. He knows. But that's our place on the dial, AM 630. TheWord.com, and you can find uh, the podcast of all of our readings and also our Sunday night program, or you can go to TheBibleLive.com and find the podcast uh, readings 
and also there's a, all kinds of resources for you there. I hope you've discovered and gone. Maybe you've gone to the Bible Live before, and it wasn't quite built up and as strong as it is now. Maybe you give it a, another try. TheBibleLive.com. I think you'll. There's some great resources there, and uh, we'd love for you to use that form of staying in touch with us and uh, making your way through the scriptures with us as well. So that, that's there for you. Uh, well, let's, we've talked about Galatians. We've talked about Ephesians, uh, our new identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Can I can I read just one more time? Sure. Honey. The question out there is to name one of the truths revealed in Ephesians about our new identity in Christ. Is it okay? I'm going to go ahead and just yeah, cheat yeah, and, give, and give to you real quick because uh, this is inspired by Harold, uh-huh. <laughs> but Ephesians 2, 6, we are raised to sit with Christ in heavenly realms. And then uh, Ephesians 2, 10, um, we are God's masterpiece. And that, I just, that's, a, that's beautiful. And that perspective, especially in these times, just that reminder that we are God's masterpiece and we are not, necess- we're not, we're not created for this we, I mean, we are ultimately created to sit with him in the heavenly realms. Mm-hmm. And um, while that kingdom come, yes, <laughs> here, ultimately, uh, you know, our, our identity is uh, found in another kingdom. So, Well, I know that when I grew up, I grew up with a bunch of kids. Amplitude modulation. Well, I'm sorry I ask. <laughs> AM630, the word. That's the name, uh, dot com. That's the website. You can go and find the station's website, and you can find our podcast there, as well as thebiblelive.com. But as I grew up in an orphanage, I was surrounded by young boys, uh, 400 hairy-legged guys, and we came from uh, courts. There were people there. All of them had problems. They had Addictions. They had all kinds of abuses that they had gone through in their family, the breakdown of the family, divorces and this and that and the others. And, of course, a number were, were true orphans like myself, uh, uh, born, abandoned at birth, passed around to many families before I was six and then finally put into this boy's home, a home for homeless and delinquent boys. And there was a lot of time we felt like just kind of on the trash heap, trash heap of mm-hmm. humanity that, you know, Nobody cared about us. We didn't nobody. We're nobody. We have no past. We have no future. Mm-hmm. We have no potential. No, you know. And and I remember being incredibly nurtured and encouraged by the biblical view of me that I wasn't just waste. You know, I wasn't just a tiny little mm-hmm. insignificant drop in the ocean of humanity. I was I was a child of the living God. I was mm-hmm. a child of God. I was forgiven and cleansed. I was I was headed destined for eternity with God. I was God's mm-hmm. masterpiece, as mm-hmm. you said. And that you have and that your father is. Yes, and I do. If you don't have a dad, you can't <laughs> do much better can't. than the God of the universe. That's for sure. Well, exactly right, yeah. Stace. In, uh, in Ephesians chapters one and two, there's a great long list throughout the book of Ephesians of of our identity in Christ. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You are holy and blameless without fault, mm. uh, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You are adopted as God's children. Your sins are forgiven and, and not only forgiven, but they're being taken away out of your life by the, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We, are, we will be brought under Christ's authority. We will be conformed to the image of our Savior Jesus. That's what the work of the Holy Spirit is. We are marked, marked as God's people by the Holy Spirit. 
it. Uh, he is uh, the down payment on our eventual uh, total restoration uh, in glory. Uh, we are raised to sit with Christ in heavenly realms. We are God's masterpiece. We are brought near to God. We share in the promise through Christ. Uh, the redemptive plan, the redemptive promise of God through Christ. We can come with freedom and confidence into God's presence and know that he hears us and attends to our, our prayers and our pleas and that we are members of Christ's body, the church. That's, that's um, and there are more probably, but those just a partial list that I put together from the book of Ephesians. That's one of the hallmarks of that book is it, it talks about our new identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, I'll say this again. We're going to talk about this whole realm of, of racism. We're going to talk about this, the theme of freedom as opposed to slavery and bondage. Uh, we're going to talk about it more in depth next week. It's a theme that is very strong right now, relevant, because I'm not sure if it's, if a, it's a real topic or if it's just a... Sometimes I think that the rioters and the peace, uh, some of the demonstration that's going on out there, it seems to me like, in part, it's demonstrably true that uh, it's just using these themes as a means to advance a political agenda, I think, in some cases. But the theme of racism, as you say, Stacy, does touch us deeply uh, as Americans, as humans. And uh, so we're, we're going to go into more depth on that when we get into the book of, of uh, Philemon, uh, it, which is kind of a primary purpose of that book to touch on that theme. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll leave that for that, for that discussion next Sunday evening. Uh, we'll talk about racism and, and slavery and, and bondage and so on from the biblical perspective. Um, let's see. Ephesians has a lot to say about children. Obeying and respecting their children, uh, their parents. I'm sorry. Uh, how do we how do we apply this script, the scriptural? Uh, let me see what I'm looking for. How are children, Christian children, to show their devotion and faith in Christ? It's through, uh, in some ways, in their re- relation to their parents, to uh, obeying and honoring their mother and father. Uh, that that's a very powerful powerful theme it really is mm-hmm. it's our first introduction to authority isn't it mom and dad as a child i mean you're in mm-hmm. their care and love mm-hmm. and tenderness and you learn now i've got a beautiful little grandchild stacy gave mm-hmm. us and he's learning to love mom and dad and to love his grandpa and grandma and we're we're his first introduction to to authority, to discipline in his life. Don't do this. Do what I tell you. You know, watch out. Right. Well, it's an interesting because from an infant's perspective, I don't know that they would see their parent as authority as much as their lifeline. And mm-hmm. so it's an interesting caretaker in a their, way. Their lifeline. I mean, mm-hmm. they're ab- they're uh, depend. So it's it's I, I think not so much their authority as much as their um, dependency on that. Which I guess is a, but then is they authority. Get to be, but they get to be six years, eight years old, ten years old, twelve years old, and more and more, it, they don't need necessarily the watch care. Mm-hmm. Or they don't think they do. I don't guess, but but it's more the idea of respecting their guidance, their authority, the, their love for you enough to to follow their advice. I, I I think that's. It seems to me that that's. Perhaps the one of the great important factors of the the fourth commandment: honor your father and mother, mm-hmm. uh, because it's crucial 
that we come to an understanding that we are not our own God, that we are under, there is a creator, there is someone we look to with authority. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a fundamental aspect of coming into a relationship with God is realizing that we need God mm-hmm. and that he is our uh, an authority that he is not only our savior but he's our lord that he mm-hmm. he will guide us faithfully and we can trust him so and it begins i guess that i've always thought that that kind of that sense begins with as children we learn to respect our father and mother to Depend on them, as you say, but also mm-hmm. to trust them, to obey them, right. to, their to guidance. Set us up to relinquish our will for and trust their command. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It, it seems to be a part of of the the aspect of mm-hmm. here in Ephesians. It talks to uh, about uh, how our children to show their devotion mm-hmm. and their faith to Christ, and it says by obeying their parents. And then it talks to the husband and wife relationship. You know, we often quote very extensively that the the wife is to submit to the husband but the biblical model is that we are husbands and wives are to relate to each other through mutual submission to one another out of a reference a reference reverence for jesus himself so all of that pictures those ideas we'll come back and let's go to the wonderful little book of philippians remember Paul wrote, uh, he was in Philippi, and and he was in jail, in prison in in Philippians. Uh, And he writes to the Philippians now from another jail, (laughs) from another jail cell uh, over in Rome. And as as weird as it might seem, the principal theme of his book to the Philippians is joy. That's amazing. 210-340-9585. That's our phone number. We'll be right back with our final segment focusing on the books of Philippians, Colossians, and Thessalonians. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we're back for our final segment. And during the break, Stacy found a poem. Who is it by? Is it John Newton himself? No, William Cowper, actually. Okay. Mm, Beautiful. It kind of summarizes some of these aspects of the book of Ephesians that, uh, I guess, guided and motivated and moved by the law of love now, which Mm -hmm. Paul emphasizes in both Corinthians and um, Mm -hmm. all, all of his epistles, really. Uh, I don't know if you might want to reference that or explain where you found it or what it is or read a part of it. Oh, well, I'll it's read beautiful. the, the it really course. Is. It is. It's so beautiful, and it does, I mean, it just does capture, I think, 
you know, we are worshipers. We are naturally a slave to sin. I mean, it's something that we are a slave. Mm-hmm. And to go from being a slave to sin, which kills, steals, and destroys and robs, I mean, it's a horrible taskmaster, to then being a, a slave to Christ who is... Who came and died for us? I mean, what what slave master dies for their for mm-hmm. their for the servant? And uh, and so it couldn't be a more beautiful and to be able to enter into that into our true identity and to you know what is it? there's a God shaped vacuum in all of our hearts to meet that person to have that um, found. It does transform that slave mm-hmm. identity. Um, because From no duty to right, and so that's the if uh, yeah, so duty to choice to see the law by Christ fulfilled, to hear His pardoning voice changes a slave into a child, and duty into choice. Isn't that beautiful? It is powerful phrase, a powerful and, truth, yeah, and, and he, of course that's part of what we see. In right. that's what Paul is trying to get us to understand right. and, and it appreciate. A, right. And it is an amazing, you know, William Cowper wrote it, and I just a little, some out there might know more about him, so if you do, call and let us know. But evidently, William really struggled with depression and mm. personal, you know, just addiction to, to that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, to, but, but we know it. We know we weren't meant to live in that place. And mm-hmm. his poetry and his hymns and his writing speaks to that he knows the truth and uh and this mm. whole world is hard <laughs> it's uh, hard and sometimes yeah. you know but what it, 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 he 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 officially graduated to glory <laughs> now, and felt yeah, that you fully. were talking about that during the break as well stacy that uh just this week, as you heard during the break here, there was a, yeah. a sort of a memorial statement about uh, J.I. Packer. This mm-hmm. I didn't know his background of how he came to faith. I've profited and been blessed by his theological works and books and articles. Mm-hmm. J.I. Packer uh, went on to be with the Lord, what did you say, a week or so ago? Or? July 17th. July so 17th, a yeah. A little over a week ago. A little mm-hmm. over a week ago. Mm-hmm. But we're... We were just commenting that we we are a, a generation of mm. strong believers, leaders, Ravi Zachariah, um, R.C. Packer, who? R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul has gone. Uh, yeah. Well, Billy Graham, for that matter. Mm-hmm. The, a whole generation of Billy Bri- Bill Bride, uh, great leaders of the of the prior generation, uh, are beginning to pass from the scene and. And a, a new generation of believers is having to stand up and take mm-hmm. uh, and, and to be numbered with the Lord mm-hmm. and exercise their giftings and their uh, work of God's Spirit through them. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering who they might be. I've often, for, mm-hmm. as I'm getting a little old, a little long in the tooth myself here, but I've wondered about that for our nation. Who are God's leaders, God's mm-hmm. men and women? Who I, Franklin I, Graham, of course, has I, begun to. Speak yeah. out, others. Well, one of the beautiful things, I mean, I, you know, for better or for worse, in terms of technology, we, you know, we, it's it's hard. It can be uh, bittersweet. You know, there's such a connection to people and social media, and there's so much, but it does really leave a lot of room for, you know, there might not be one giant that a lot of voices hear, but that in our own little spheres and our own families with our own. Um, no friends with our own that we get to minister so much more kind of personally mm-hmm. uh, in a way. I, um, 
And yeah, I mean, not to say that those voices and those teachers and those pastors aren't important. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, but it's kind of sweet to see this generation um, really cling to French friendships. You know, friendships are kind of becoming that. Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm, that gap. I, and, and a lot of, and so much, of course, is online. I mean, uh, in terms of resources, J.I. Packer might be gone, but we have so much more access now still to his works and to his writings. And, uh, and this is the case with, I mean, C.S. Lewis and with it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it might be the era of of resources and ac- accessing it, uh, you know, that way. But in terms of living it out and being inspired and ministered to more mm-hmm. of a one-on-one era, I don't know. That's and it's at thought. every level. I think, like you say, th- there are those whose function and whose influence is at perhaps even an international or global influence in, that they might exercise, as as we think of Bill Bright, Billy Graham, others, uh Ravi Zachariah, Packer, and so on. They've had an impact. Believers all over the world have been blessed mm-hmm. and encouraged uh, in every continent. Africa, Asia have been blessed by their, their contributions and how God has used them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even locally here in our own city of San Antonio, uh, uh, new leaders uh, to, to ministries, maybe already existing ministries, but with new leadership. Uh, you got a, a note from our good friend, a young lady who yeah. also who – uh, Casey, you, with whom you grew up, and, and so on. Casey uh, uh, Harris is now with, um, along with, a, what's the ministry? One, mm-hmm, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. a ministry of prayer and uh, to the church of the body in San Antonio. And there, there, there are a group of those leaders in our in our city, in our community, among pastors and churches and parachurch, uh, community based organizations and ministries. They're calling for a time of prayer and experience mm-hmm. of God's people here in the city. And mm-hmm. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, at a national level, there's a call to prayer mm-hmm. on September 26th, I think, mm-hmm. uh, called um, The Return. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Return nice uh, mm-hmm. uh, org mm-hmm. uh, that you can go to. And so there are new leaders that are coming. God is calling young men and women, a new generation, and you have new tools and a new perspective. You understand that... Internet and websites and podcasts and things mm-hmm. that we're some of us old guys are just kind of, kind of learning a little bit, but um, that is a great great theme and this is all a function uh, of God's people God's spirit. I keep looking with hope to see uh, a younger a young generation begin to step up and 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 uh, give leadership begin to exercise their calling and their gifting to to their generation to a new generation. But it is good to honor. Uh, Ravi and J.I. Packer and these mm-hmm. have have gone faithfully on before us and uh, that we want to uh, honor them in their passing as well. Well, let's go on to the book of Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians. We're going to have to move quickly. Philippians is rather easy for me, Stacy. although I would have to say that of all the Pauline epistles, I, I kind of I like Philippians the most. Hmm. I, I love them all, but but it's, Philippians has such a loving, tender touch mm-hmm. to it. I remember that, uh, you know, I remember the story in the book of Acts when Paul, Acts sixteen, where Paul goes to Philippi and he gets thrown in jail, and 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 then God releases him. He he and his uh, partner Titus they're singing in the prison, <laughs> singing at midnight, and uh, that'd be me. And, and the, <laughs> yeah, that would be you, yes, and. Uh, and, and the angel of God opened up the jail cell, and the prisoners 
uh, could flee, and the jailer was going to kill himself, was going yeah. to commit suicide because yeah. the, the his punishment would have been, in fact, because execution. He, they, but Paul escaped. says, don't do yourself any harm. We're still all here. We're not. We're, we're all here. Yep. And and of course, the jailer then says, "What should we? What can I do to be saved? You know, <laughs> this, I want what you got." Woo! You know, and uh, and Paul explains him about the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. And so that's that's in Philippians. And then uh, remember the 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 young lady who's a businesswoman, uh, seller of purple. Her name was Lydia. Mm. They meet her down at the river. Uh, he's preaching down at the riverside, and Lydia happens to hear him proclaiming. And Lydia must have been a God-fearing, God-loving person. And when she heard the message of redemption, that, that she could have a confident, secure relationship with the God she sought and loved and desired through the work of Jesus that God had sent his son, uh, she responded to that message and became a follower of Jesus and uh, came by faith into that relationship with the God that she already loved and served and sought. Uh, and so, in other words, if Philippians was just so highly personal an experience for Paul. Uh, although, if I remember correctly, was wasn't that where also didn't they? Uh, was that where he was? I, I don't know if it was uh, that was where he was stoned or not. I, I can't remember exactly. We'll have to look that up from the Philipp- But the Philippians were such a a tender, joyful place. And, and the theme of the book of Philippians, although Paul went to jail there and he was in writing this letter to them from jail, from prison in Rome, the theme is joy. Sixteen times in this little short little four-chapter letter, 16 times he uses the term joy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I just find it very touching and very personal, the book of Philippians. Uh, it's full of wonderful Perspective. I would say theologically, the the great great central passage is Paul's admonition in chapter two. He says, "If there is any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from His love, any fellowship together in the spirits, are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that." Christ Jesus had, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine prerogatives, initiatives, authority as God and took on the humble position by choice. He took on the humble position of a slave, a servant, born as a human being under the law of God. And he goes on. It's it's a great passage about our, our Christology, the theology of the incarnation of the of the Son of God, the the uh, the, the theology of the the the, the, the Christ God becoming a man, it's really explained to us very clearly in that passage in chapter two. It was that he, by faith he left off the free exercise of his divine prerogatives and initiatives. Remember, he told his disciples, "Don't you know I could call ten thousand angels if I wanted to?" Mm-hmm. Jesus was aware by faith of who he was. He knew he had. He was a child of the living God and that he had the authority to call on 10,000 angels and they would come to his defense. He said, don't you know, I, but, but he by faith, he stayed in the, in, the, in the place of faith and submission and humility under the, the uh, voluntarily under 
submitting himself under the authority of God the Father and trusting totally in God and the Spirit at work in him as a man. That's how he lived a perfect life of faith and trust and obedience to God as a man. And he did that so that he could become our substitute, our redeemer. Uh, and oh, it's just a wonderful truth there, right in the heart of the book of Philippians, this wonderful truth about the incarnation. The book of Philippians will be a delight to you. Um, it'll be a blessing. It'll be a joy. It's full of an intimacy with he loved, clearly loved these people. And the Philippians, he thanked them at the last part of the letter. He thanked them for they were sending a gift to him. They, of all the churches, they were the only ones that sent him uh, you know, when you were in prison in, in the days, of, uh, in those days, in that era, you were sustained in prison by your family and friends who sent food and sent, and the the believers in Philippi sent Paul uh, a gift of food and provision that was delivered to him through Epaphroditus, uh, mentioned in chapter four. So, everything about the book is so precious, and so intimate, and so so full of love and joy. You know that that's the book of Philippians. Let's go to. Colossians, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, Paul was never in Colossae, kind of like the book of Romans in that sense. Uh, but Epaphras, a friend, uh, delivered this letter to the believers in Colossae. If I remember correctly, wasn't Colossae the capital of, um, of, of Macedonia? It was the, the major city in the, in the region of Macedonia, it seemed, or Galatia. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find that for sure. But it was a major city, if I remember correctly, about a quarter of a million people lived there. Uh, it's got some beautiful passages in it. Um, Stacey, okay. interrupt me anytime you'd like if there's something about Colossians. Oh, that, well, the capital of uh, Phrygia, Pasatinia, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Laodicea, Heropolis. Um, uh, let me see. There is Colossae. Significant place for the gospel to take root. Uh, uh, it was a near, near a busy highway that flowed. Of course, all roads led to and from Rome in those days. Uh, these Roman roads that we've talked about so many times. Uh, but he writes somewhere the date of the writing, uh, somewhere I think it was around 60 A.D., and the motivation for was it um, had he heard from them first, or what was the uh, w- the motivation for writing? What was the catalyst? I'm trying to check and see and remember that the principal theme was the supremacy of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the principal themes that Paul had in all of these letters was at this time he was having to give attention. And, and do a lot of writer, writing of letters and, and trying to warn the believers in all of these different uh, cities about false teaching and false mm-hmm. teachers and the false gospel and, and so on. And in every case, he had to do that because now the gospel had gained was gaining a, a, a momentum, a strength in these cities, and there were people who, for own selfish motivation, and for you know financial gain or authority or power, they were coming in and trying to attach themselves to the gospel and to reap some kind right. of power and influence. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is warning them on all, almost all of these books. Part of the letter was to warn them about false um, uh, false teachers. Um, 
Let's see if I can remember anything particular. Uh, uh, the, the thing I remember about uh, Colossians was that wonderful mystery that Paul talks about, the supremacy of Christ. Uh, Christ, this he says that there was this, in chapter 1, verse 27 of Colossians, Paul references, he says, um, uh, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has revealed to God's people. God wanted them to know that the riches of glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too, and this is the secret. What is this secret that was guarded and kept from God's, you know, kept from general knowledge? It was Christ in you, the hope of glory. This, this was the message of the gospel. That was there in the Old Testament as well. It was there. It was prefigured. It was hinted at. It was, but they had not clearly seen it. Now, of course, that mystery is revealed. Paul says in chapter one, verse twenty-seven, uh, the the mystery has revealed. And what is it? Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so that that the supremacy of Christ. Look at what he says about uh, Jesus. Christ is the invisible image of the invisible God. He's the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Reminds you of John saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was with God, and all things were made by him. Uh, For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him, through Christ, and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, in Messiah, in other words, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything, his creation in heaven and on earth, by means of Christ's blood on the cross. What a high and lofty view Paul has there of Messiah Jesus and what he uh, uh, what he means and where, how he is central to the work of God, to the calling out of a people for himself all throughout human history. Uh, the Messiah, as we saw Genesis 3.15 and all through the Hebrew Scriptures on into the New Testament, we see that the, the centerpiece of God's redemptive plan for humanity was the Messiah, the Christ. And uh, th- that is celebrated in the book of Colossians in a very clear and beautiful, powerful way. And there's some practicality. Again, Paul always gets practical. Uh, he gives instructions for Christian households and marriages and the way children are to relate to their parents and mothers and fathers. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, also abo- obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Ah, and that fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. One thing about us in parenting is don't frustrate our children like to to bring them, to break them to where we break their spirit and yeah. um, uh, they become discouraged. Always holding out that hope. So anyway, Colossians. I don't know, honey, if you want to add something to Colossians. My some of you may not know this is Soapy Dollar, and my daughter Stacy is sitting in with me tonight on the Bible Live broadcast and commenting as well on. These passages from Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, now Colossians. Mm-hmm. Anything in Colossians that caught your attention as, as you've looked at it and heard it and know it? 
Well, I, I mean, it, it just, you know, leave it to Paul, who was imprisoned and shipwrecked and stoned, and but to find such joy in that. I mean, it really does. I guess it, to me, is the outworking of his salvation. I mean, really, mm-hmm. it's the um, it's the paradox kind of of the gospel where everything just is upside down <laughs> in a way you would think. It couldn't yeah, get yeah. more depressing. And We're more, used to thinking about... If we have a goal, if we have something we aspire to, we work toward it until by hook, crook, or talent, or skill, or whatever, we attain our goal. Mm -hmm. Whereas the gospel turns it all around and says, Mm -hmm. God has given you your goal. He's giving you the free gift of eternal salvation, a relationship, sonship with the Father. and He gives that through the the merits and the accomplishments of Jesus, our Savior. Mm -hmm. And now we work from accomplished fact. Right. We're not working toward a goal. Right. We're working from an accomplished goal that God has, a, God has accomplished something in us by faith in his son Jesus, and now we are working out mm-hmm. that new relationship. It's, it is very different from the way we view our life, human accomplishment. Right. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Well, what do you say? Jump quickly to uh, – we've only got a couple of minutes to talk about Thessalonians right. – First and second. Now, Thessalonians is interesting. In all of these books, there is references to uh, to uh, to servanthood. What does it motivate masters of? And, and I, I would say this in these books, when it re, when it references servanthood and and uh, masters, slaves and masters, servants and masters. This is a very complex theme. We'll touch on it next week for sure. The idea of slavery and bondage. But it always says that uh, it, it touches on them in a sense uh, to overcome the idea of domination. And and it, when it speaks to the theme of slavery or servanthood, it reminds them here in Colossians that remember that we too have a master in heaven. We are Christ's slave, even as Paul proclaimed himself to be a slave, a bondservant of Jesus. Well, First and Second Thessalonians... The central piece is the second return of Jesus Christ. That is a mark of his teaching in 1 Thessalonians. And then the reason he writes 2 Thessalonians is some of them misunderstood his instructions about the second coming of Christ. And he wrote 2 Thessalonians to clarify what he meant. He said, get to work. Don't quit your job and go live on the mountaintop waiting for the Bible Jesus to return. All right? to helping Thank you, everybody, for listening tonight. Thank culture. you, Stacy, for being along. Okay. Mailing address See you is next P.O. Week. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.